got to be my favorite Christmas song because that word, Alleluia, you know, it's, it's a word that we don't use often and, and often we don't even know what it means probably, but it's just a way to say praise to you, God. And we don't have another word to say and we just want to worship. Alleluia is a perfect word to, to use just to say we praise you, we love you, because that's what we're doing at Christmas, right? So we're about to start all our traditions. You're going to leave here. You're going to finish your shopping. Uh, then you're going to go have your meal together, uh, you know, all the stuff tomorrow. But right now we can take a minute and just worship. We can forget about the gifts we haven't bought yet. We, f we can forget about the food that we're supposed to bring tomorrow and we haven't cooked yet. And we can just think about Jesus and his coming on Christmas. And so to begin that, I'm going to read an excerpt from a classic Christmas book written about 65 years ago. To put this in context, 65 years ago. And if you're not familiar with The Grinch, spoiler alert, I'm reading the end. So just plug your ears um, if you want to read this later. But if you haven't read it, I don't know where you've been. So the Grinch, right, he hates Christmas. So he steals all the presents, all the Christmas trees, all that stuff. And he waits on the mountain to hear them cry. And here's the end. But the sound wasn't sad. Why, this sounded, sound merry. It couldn't be so. It was merry, very. He started, he stared down at Whoville. The Grinch popped his eyes. Then he shook what he saw was a shocking surprise. Every who down in Whoville, the tall and the small, was singing without any presence at all. It hadn't stopped Christmas from coming. It came somehow or other. It came just the same. And the Grinch, with his Grinch feet ice cold in the snow, stood puzzling and puzzling. How could it be so? It came without ribbons. It came without tags. It came without packages, boxes, or bags. And he puzzled three hours till his puzzler was sore. Then the Grinch thought of something he hadn't before. Maybe Christmas, he thought, doesn't come from a store. Maybe Christmas perhaps means a little bit more. And what happened then? Well, in Whoville, they say, that the Grinch's small heart grew three sizes that day. And the minute his heart didn't feel quite so tight, he whizzed with his load through the bright morning light and brought back the toys and the food for the feast. And he, he himself, the Grinch, carved the roast feast. The 65-year-old message that most of us grew up here li listening to is that Christmas is not about presents. That propaganda has been taught to all of our kids and us growing up, and I'm here to disagree. Christmas is about gifts. I'm going to prove it to you. Turn in your Bible to page 984 or to the book of John. So if you don't have a Bible, the one in front of your seat is for you. Uh, if you don't own one, you can keep that. We're going to be looking at in John chapter 3. But we've grown up hearing Christmas isn't about gifts. You parents have taught your kids it's not about gifts, right? Your teachers say it's not about gifts. Well, God says in John 3... 16. It's going to be an easy day. We're looking at one verse. John 3, 16. For God so loved the world that he gave his only son, that whoever believes in him will not perish, but have eternal life. For God so loved the world, he gave his only son. Christmas is about gifts. God gave his son. Jesus is the gift. We celebrate Christmas Day, Christmas Eve. We are remembering God giving himself 
in the form of a man, Jesus Christ, Son of God, Son of Man, he came. So here's the question. Here's the first question. As we look at John 3, 16, why did God give us the gift of Jesus? Why did God give this gift? Well, look at John 3, 16. For God so loved the world that he gave. The reason God gave us Jesus is he loves us. That's the reason for the gift. The reason isn't because he wanted religious people. The reason wasn't because he needed something from people, right? Every religion builds on what the God or God's whatever need from people. The one true religion, the biblical belief of Jesus Christ is that he needs nothing from us. God loved us. God loves the world. God sent Jesus because he loves all people from all nations, right? Now, this word love, we, we use that word a lot, right? I love gumbo. Um, I love snowballs. I love my wife. But that's not all the same. You know, in Greek, and the New Testament was written in Greek, they have a, a handful of different words for love. Uh, one of those is phileo, right, the city of Philadelphia, brotherly love, phileo. The word always used for God's love is agape, it is the highest level of love. It is a love that is a choice. It's a choice of the will, and it's an active will. So uh, this is my favorite definition of love, which refers to God's love here. Love is doing what's best for the other person when they least deserve it at great personal cost. That's agape love. For God so loved the world. Do you realize that we were made to be in a relationship with God? In the very beginning, God created man and woman to share himself with us, right? Eternal life, the, the scripture says, is that we know the Father and Jesus Christ whom he has sent. The greatest commandment is that we love God. It's not all these list of do's. We were cre created to have a relationship with God because he wanted to share his love. And, and how much? Look back at John 3, 16. There's actually a measurement here for God so loved, right? Maybe you do this with your kids. I love you. 10. I love you 20. I love you infinity. I love you to the moon and back. Whatever. Well, John did that too. For God so loved. There's, there's no measure on that, right? His love is eternal. For God so loved. God made us to love us so we could live out our lives in fellowship with him. That's what this life is all about. For God so loved us. Ephesians 1.4. Long before he laid down earth's foundations, he had us in mind, had settled on us as the focus of his love to be made whole and holy by his love. That tells us before he spoke in Genesis 1-1, before he created anything, he had you in mind. Do you realize that? You by name, before you were you, he thought of you and he created, and then he created you to be the object of his love, to make you whole and holy. Those go together. Whole, complete, holy, right with God. Not perfect, right? Nobody's perfect yet. But before anything, God created you and had you in mind. And here's a big point. We will never be complete until we are united in love to God through Jesus. God had you in mind before the beginning of the earth so that he could share his love with you to make you whole and holy. Have you ever felt this or heard somebody else and you felt it but you just haven't said it? There's something missing Right? I, I have a hole in my life. There, there's something, and we seek for ways to fill it with relationships, with, with falls down into a few categories, fame, fortune, 
power, pleasure, right? We have this need we want to fill. We don't even know what the need is. And nothing can fully fulfill. That's because the truth is only God can fulfill. We have this need that God gave us because he wants to share himself with us. And so this whole is a lack of Christ. It is a lack of him. And so he so loved us that he gave his son to fill that hole. Only God can satisfy. Again, look at John 3, 16. For God so loved the world that he gave his only son that whoever believes in him will not perish but have eternal life. Let's think about that for a minute. We'll have eternal life. Most of us, when we think about eternal life, we think about eternity. We think about that part of it, eternal, forever, which is good. That is what it means, that there is eternity, right? Every single human actually is eternal. We will live forever either in heaven with God or in hell separated from God. That's the truth. And so this eternity, though, this part of it is believers will receive a new body, live on a new earth. It's called the new heaven and new earth, right? Heaven is where God dwells. Earth is where we dwell. He will remake the earth and combine the two because God will dwell physically with us in new bodies. It's going to be rad. Eternal life. But how about that word life? For God so loved the world that he gave his only son that whoever believes in him will not perish but have eternal life. That's another fun Greek word, right? A lot of times when we think of life, we just think of existence. When we think of eternal life, it just means we're going to exist forever. That word life doesn't mean that. There is a Greek word that means just to exist, to be alive, and that is bios, where we get biology. This is a different word. It's zoe, and it means full life. It goes back to what we saw there in Ephesians, whole this is life like it's supposed to be, life the way God created it to be, complete life, right? Have you ever said that? Man, this is the life. Or have you experienced that with God, right? Life is happening, trouble, whatever, and you have peace and you have joy and you go, yeah, this is life. This is life the way God intended it, not for it to be perfect in this life, but that he would go with us and we could experience him through it, complete, full. That's the life he's talking about, full life. That starts now and goes into eternity. Maybe you've heard the phrase, that person is so heavenly minded, they're no earthly good. If that's true of somebody, they don't understand it, right? Because this salvation, this eternal life starts now. We get to experience this life now, not just on Sundays, not just at Christmas, but all times because he gave his son. You know, there's a misconception that being a Christian means you give up on the fun things in life. Right? You've probably heard that. Right? You, you don't drink. You don't smoke. You don't go with girls that do. You know, it's a life of, of don'ts. When you read scripture, there are moral commands. There are moral expectations for those who belong to Jesus. But they make life better. All the things laid out in here, if we go the world's way and we reject that, it actually goes worse for us. So God's commands are in here to make our life better. We talk about it all the time here about the abundant life. Jesus said that. He said, I came that they may have life and have it abundantly. That is a great life. It's not religion, right? Religion is, is a bunch of do's and don'ts, right? Trying to make yourself right with God. That's not what we're talking about. We're talking about full, real life. God loves the world, it says here. Now, for God so loved the world, does that mean everybody is going to experience this life? God sure hopes so. But the truth is, that's not the case. What's the issue? The issue is sin, right? Why did God have to send this son? Why did he have to give this gift? Because we messed it up 
with sin. Romans 3.23 tells us, For all have sinned and fallen short of the glory of God. For all have sinned. Right? Our ancestors sinned. We have chosen to sin. If you, and I've actually met people, you know, I, I did a funeral once and I met with the, the family before and we were talking about sin and, and what we're going to share at the funeral. I said, we've all sinned, right? And they're like, no, we've never sinned. You're telling me you've never sinned, right? Maybe you're in here and you're thinking I've never sinned. Raise your hand if you've ever told a lie, even a little one, little white lie. Raise your hand. All right. If you didn't raise your hand, you can now because you're a liar, right? Here's another one. Have you ever, when I was a kid, I remember I stole from 7-Eleven this, it was chew jerky, right? It was like shredded. I don't know why. But I, I still remember it now. It was traumatic. I'm like shaking the whole time. Anyway, anybody here stole anything? It, even something small? All right. So Merry Christmas, we're a bunch of lion thieves. <laughs> That's sin. And sin separates us from God. That's the issue. Why did we need this gift of the son? Because of sin. Sin has has prevented this whole complete life that God intended us to have, right? When he created Adam and Eve, he put them in the garden to have this whole perfect life, this perfect love relationship with him. Sin messed it up. And so we needed something to, to fix that. Sin robs us of the ability to live life in fellowship with a loving God. That's the issue. You know, two of my favorite words in scripture are, but God, <laughs> right? Over and over, but God. Sin messed it all up. But God, you can't do anything about it. But God, you're helpless and hopeless. But God, but God so loved the world that he gave his only son, that whoever believes in him will not perish but have eternal life. But God, Romans 6, 23, for the wages of sin is death. We already talked about that. But the free gift of God is eternal life in Jesus Christ our Lord. There it is again. Free gift. Christmas is about gifts. Don't let anybody tell you different. Free gift. John 3.16, what's the gift? The gift is the son. The gift is Jesus. You know, why do we sing these songs at Christmas all about Jesus? It's all about that one person, the God-man, Jesus Christ. He is the gift. He is the one that gives life. He is the one that goes through this life with us. He's the one that indwells us. He is the gift. And what did he come to do? I'm going to read Matthew 1, 20 to 23. This is uh, when an angel appeared to Joseph and told him what was going to happen. But as he considered these things, behold, an angel of the Lord appeared to him in a dream, saying, Joseph, son of David, do not fear to take Mary as your wife. For that which is conceived in her is from the Holy Spirit. She will bear a son. And you shall call his name Jesus, for he will save his people from their sins. All this took place to fulfill what the Lord had spoken by the prophet. Behold, the virgin shall conceive and bear a son, and they shall call his name Emmanuel. What's it say there? He came to save his people from their sins. That's why the gift was given. We broke it because of sin. But Emmanuel, God with us, came to save us from our sin. In his humanity, Jesus lived a perfect life, which we couldn't live, because he was God and man complete. He died the death we deserved so that we could live the life he deserved. And if you were here last week, he remains human forever. 
He died, but then he also rose from the dead in a new human body, different than these bodies, a perfect body, but he's still human forever. But he was able to be our sacrifice, our substitute, and his resurrection meant that the Father accepted his sacrifice. That's why the resurrection is so important, because Jesus died for our forgiveness, but he rose in victory. When he died, I think Satan could have stood there and said, I win. When he rose from the dead, Satan went, I lost. That was God saying, I accept the sacrifice. Forgiveness is good enough for those who would accept me. Now, what do we do to earn this gift? Here's some more Christmas propaganda, right? Santa's naughty list? What's that about? Right? That's our way to manipulate our kids to behave, right? You better behave. You're going to be on the naughty list. You're going to get coal. No, right? A gift, if it's earned, is not a gift. By the way, there is no naughty list. Sorry, plug your ears. And honestly, parents, even if your kids are bad, are you going to withhold gifts on Christmas? I don't think so. Free gift. A gift is not free if it's earned. Now, I actually have a gift here for someone. This is kind of cool. There's chocolate. There's a little book in there. Ooh, butterscotch. Gross. Anyway, who would like this gift? Raise your hand. Who wants this? Right there. Come here. Yeah. I saw your hand first. You're welcome. There you go. <laughs> what did she earn to do to earn that gift? Right? N nothing. But she did have to do something, didn't she? she? What? She had to raise her hand? Yeah. But then she had to take it. Right? I held it out, and she could have stood there and went, mm, right? But she was real smart. She, she grabbed it. <laughs> she didn't hesitate. She grabbed that gift. John 3, 16, for God so loved the world that he gave his only son, that whoever believes in him will not perish but have eternal life. That's how we receive the gift, belief. Right? The gift is available to anyone, and it is free. But not everybody puts their hands out and receives that gift. Belief. What does that word mean? We get confused to think it's just intellectual. Like, I, I just, I agree with these things about God, about Jesus. Or, I went to church as a kid, so I'm saved. That means I believe. Or, I was baptized as a kid. What does belief really mean? Well, it is synonymous with faith. Maybe you've heard the word faith. Faith means to trust, to put your weight on, to completely put yourself in his hands. So, here's our example. We have this stepladder here. And if you look on the side, uh, there is a weight limit of 250 pounds. So I can look at that, and I read it, and I go, I believe I can climb on that. Maybe barely, but I can climb on that. That will hold my weight. Well, a lot of people believe like that. I say I believe these things about God, about Jesus, but I live my life the way I want. I don't go his way. I don't actually entrust myself to him or surrender to him. Faith, belief here means we climb the ladder. We actually put all our weight on it. Anybody nervous? Right? This is faith. This is belief that we see in John 3.16. For God so loved the world that he gave his only son that whoever believes, puts their weight on him, will receive eternal life. Yes, eternal and life now. Whoa. Careful. That's belief. That's faith. Don't want the musicians to trip on that. Have you received the gift? Have you received the gift of the Son? The gift has been given. 
God is standing there holding it out, honest. Be honest with yourself, right? All the stuff is happening later today, but right now, have you received the gift, the gift of Jesus, the gift of eternal life that starts now and goes into eternity? If you have, we're here to worship. If you have not, maybe it's because God brought you here for this reason, to receive the gift. I'll be honest, I think there's probably a couple people in here right now, your heart is doing this, and you're like, I'd like to just walk out the back door right now. I don't want to surrender. I want to be in charge. I don't want to surrender. And this part in your heart that's grabbing, that might be the Holy Spirit saying, you do believe, don't you? You do believe Jesus is the Son of God. You do believe he died on the cross. You do believe he rose from the dead. And here's one last step. Will you surrender to me? Right? In Romans, we see how we receive this gift. It says, if you confess with your mouth Jesus as Lord, believe in your heart God raised him from the dead, you will be saved. Confess with your mouth, Jesus as Lord, the one in charge. Believe in your heart, God raised him from the dead, you will be saved. We're going to finish now in a different way than normal. Bow your heads with me, please, and, and close your eyes. And I'm going to lead a prayer. And if you have never received the gift, I want you to pray this prayer in your own words. You're not saved by a prayer, by the way. But you are saved by a heart surrendering to Jesus. And if you want to do that right now for the first time, just copy my words. Lord Jesus, <laughs> I believe you were born to a virgin. I believe you died for my sins and rose from the dead. God, I am a sinner. I have sinned, I am sorry, and I repent. I receive forgiveness because of Jesus' death, and I thank you. Please come into my life and take control. I love you. Now, with your heads down, if you just prayed that prayer for the first time, put your hand up. I see you. I see you. That means you just received life for the first time. This is your new birthday. You can look up. Jesus came Christmas, his birthday. For some of you, this is your birthday, your new birthday. For the rest of us, remember when you gave your life to Christ? That's your birthday. So why do we worship? Because we have life, eternal life in him. It's all about Jesus. I'm gonna finish with two verses. When Jesus was born, the angels appeared to the shepherds. Here's what they said. And suddenly, there was with the angel a multitude of the heavenly host praising God and saying, glory to God in the highest and on earth, peace among those whom he has pleased so now we worship. Now, if you're one of those that gave your life to Christ for the first time, we have a gift for you, and you're going to want it at the guest table. So after this, just go over there, give them your Connect card, because we want to follow up with you, too. We want to help you. This isn't just raise your hand. We want to, to maybe give you some things and, and help walk through you, with you, through your next steps. But there's a gift waiting for you over there. Don't hesitate. Don't be shy, right? Salvation comes if we confess with our mouth, Jesus is Lord. Giving him that card is part of saying, I confess, Jesus is my Lord. And they've got a great gift for you. Let's worship.